Hey, it's Beth here, episode 499. I can't believe it. Next, I'm going to have to say 500, and I don't know what to think about that. But we're not there yet. Okay, so the news hound was great today. Absolutely great. There is a woman. She's in her late 90s, and she's becoming a social media star. She really does look great. Her name is Dorothy Wiggins. She was married to this guy forever. She wrote a book about their love, Wiggins in Love. It's so cute. Her sons got really, really worried when her husband died. They've been married over 50 years. And so one of them got a friend of theirs to uh, just start asking her about her life, and he was recording it. Well, he took one or two of them, and he put them on TikTok, and she's become this sensation. And everybody wants to know where she goes and what she does, where she gets her turkeys. She orders like fabulous drinks. She's actually my mother-in-law's age. So she gets very, she goes to this bar called Wiggins Bar and it's actually named after her husband's family. And she orders her drinks straight up, just kind of like everyone did back in the 60s. And she thinks actually nothing good has happened since the 60s, but all of her followers are so excited to know that someone who is 98 is still drinking. She thought, just like my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, that happy hour every day was, it had to happen at five. And you had to be there, and you had to be nicely dressed, and you had to be willing to start a conversation, even if it was just the two of you. And she says that is why her marriage made it. So, I love it. She's adorable. She's... Her husband died when he was 100, and she is 98, so I just wish her all the luck. She really looks cute. She's got great hair and a uh, big, big smile, so that's, uh, but she's 98, and all the young girls love her. She's very funny, and she thinks that cell phones, everybody being on cell phones is a crime. She thinks people are getting stupider. She thinks they don't even know how to talk to each other anymore. And what I like about it is that young people are listening to her. They're not, it's not their mother. It's not their grandmother. And she's saying everything that I think. And that's why I like her. Her name is Dorothy Wiggins. So there's this other crazy thing that happened, which is so insane. So great designers have picked up, I still can't believe it, the McDonald's logo is now on in Machino, this um, Masano, is that how you say it? M-O-S-C-H-I-N-O. Masino, Machino, I can't pronounce it. Anyway, I should have figured it out. Okay, outfits that are orange and yellow, the exact colors of, of the Big Mac, Phones that are that look like French fries that are Big Mac. Everything in Louis Vuitton. Everybody's getting involved in it. Louis Vuitton has a little purse that looks like a Happy Meal. But the prices for these things aren't funny. They're outrageously expensive, and uh, everybody's buying them. And they look terrible. The Masano outfit. It looks like exactly what that clown in the commercials Ronald McDonald is wearing. Just horrible. No one looks good in the colors. And then these glasses with the with the 
Um, these glasses are like $700 and they have the golden arches on them. There's nobody. I mean, and the girl who's wearing these clothes is so beautiful. She can't pull it off. So give it up. That's a bad idea. Okay, so then there's this other one. Hold on. She's too loud again. Alexa, volume down. She moves up the volume every time I start. Okay, so the modern love this time was so crazy. It's about this guy. He has a hard time keeping women. And this time a girl broke up with him because of cheese. Fancy cheese. She wanted to bring fancy cheese to her boyfriend's house when he was entertaining his two sons. And he got all, all out of control because he doesn't want his children to become connoisseurs and expect fancy cheese. He wanted to serve ordinary cheese. They go on and on. She says her values are different. She doesn't even want to meeting her children anymore. The guy says love in our age group is so impossible because everyone comes in with their little tiny problems. She says to him, uh-uh. She says, you got a recurring theme, buddy, and it's control. Everybody wants it, nobody gets it. You, you drop someone to their knees till you get it. And he goes, how could we break up over cheese? She said, we're breaking up over cheese. I never heard that one before, but I guess that's a reason as good as any. That's what she says. She says, if we stuck around for a little bit longer, it'd be something besides cheese. But she said, I, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how funny it looks. I don't care if I look bad. I'm breaking up with you over cheese. So that's a new low. There was this tiny little love story on the bottom and it's about this woman's quiet cowboy. And she fell in love with this guy and she was a city girl and he was a cowboy, a real cowboy. And they lived together for 53 years and he always said, everything will be fine, baby. And he would, he would wink at her and he'd say, if you let it. Well, he died and he came to her in a vision and he said, Every, everything will be fine, baby. And she responded, if I let it. And I thought that was really impactful. If she lets it. He can't say that for her anymore because he's not there. So anyway, I thought that was really, really sweet. This one is about a world-class shopper. Her name is Myona. And once upon a time in 1976, she was a poor, beautiful Lebanese waitress in a restaurant in Paris. She caught the eye of an older billionaire. She marries this guy. Okay, but before she divorces him, she gets 27 pieces of haute couture. Every single, every single one of the houses in Paris had a mannequin of her. She would like the clothes to be sized on her at least six times. She had 30, 40 years of this. She decides she's going to get rid of everything because it doesn't fit her anymore, which I think is hysterical. The way she protected her clothes is she had them in boxes laid flat in this perfect warehouse perfectly controlled environment, even down to the humidity. So all the clothes are like brand new. She only wore everything once if she wore it at all. She said, you know, being married to that guy, she wasn't even allowed to wear the clothes in Saudi Arabia, but she just wanted to buy them. So she just bought them anyway. 
and the proceeds for the auction if you're interested which I'm interested but I don't have the money but I'm very interested the foundation for foundation de femme so it's it's for women affected by violence and abuse four of the shelters in Paris right now are going under because of funding and she's going to save them all with um, with all her clothes so good for her all she cares about now is her grandchildren and so somebody at the end this is my favorite part so um, she's finally okay so she was inspired okay she has this one piece her favorite piece is this black coat and it was inspired by 18th century Chinese lacquer screens and it took 800 hours to create Mr. Lagerfeld saw her wear it. He, it was his house, the Chanel boutique, and he was furious with her. She said he was so annoyed. He said that because she she had the jacket opened and she had a tur I mean the coat opened and she had a turtleneck underneath. He was furious. He said that is not the way you're supposed to wear it. That coat is supposed to be closed so you can see the lines. And I'm furious with you. And he stopped screaming at her for a moment. And she got a chance to explain that she can't wear it um, closed anymore because she's gained too much weight. He laughed and laughed and laughed. He thought it was so funny. And he said, oh, Mona, join the club. But anyway, she's going to give all her clothes away. And I think it's lovely. The Bergdorf Blonde. Okay, so there's a Bergdorf Blonde, this color. That is the color for Jessica Parker and Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex and the City. It's Hillary Clinton's color. It's everybody who lives in New York goes to this woman. And she, she is a, she's, I think she came from Lebanon. She just took, she took two years of training. She did it in eight months. She got this little job at Bergdorf's. She's been there forever. And it's been different owners. They rent out this little salon in Bergdorf's. It's been rented out to all these different designers. She's always been kept along. People wait in line to get with her. Color is like an art to her. She makes everyone look good. The bad thing is that it's been closed for three months. I'm kind of getting worried about Bergdorf's actually. It's not as full as it used to be. There are floors that are empty. And so now this floor is empty. And it really does scare me. Martha Stewart's been going there for 34 years. Maybe she could just Maybe she could just buy the floor and let her let her still work there because she still wants to work, but she had to go work somewhere else. But my problem is I'm worried that Bergdorf's isn't doing as well as I want them to do. I read this. I thought it was amazing. There's a simple way to save premature babies. It is so simple. It's beyond belief. They say re relatively little cost. I don't even believe there's any cost. So you allow the umbilical cord to stay attached to the baby without clipping it off for just two more minutes. And the baby gets iron stem cells and antibodies flow back into the baby's body and it saves more babies than you can count. The analysis found the longest deferral of clamping increased survival the most compared to with immediate clamping. The only reason not to do it is immediate resuscitation of the baby but they're trying to figure out how to, how to do both at the same time because it's so important and only 40% of the hospitals have done it I'm like two minutes can't you just make your golf game wait two minutes I just I just sometimes I just 
I'm just amazed. Give me a break. That should be a law. I mean, there should be a like a union for premature babies, and they demand it. That's just silly. Two minutes. Okay, so then there's this lady. Her name is Sally Dar, and she had a great bistro in New York City called La Tulip. And it was the best food. She would keep people waiting. If the food, she tasted every single thing before it went out. People waited for hours between courses. James Beard went, Mary Tyler Moore. This is how long ago it was back in the 90s. Jackie Onassis went there, Woody Allen, everybody went there. Julia Child loved it. But everybody had to wait to get the food. She was, she was this Jewish girl born in Brooklyn. She fell in love with this, um, it's crazy. She fell in love with a, a Presbyterian minister. And he was like, fantastic. And she, she just said, I just don't, I just don't know if I can do this. And you know, this whole thing about heaven. And he just looked at her and he kissed her and he said, in my church, I'm helping everyone find a little bit of heaven on earth. I just think that's so sweet. So that's what they did. And they got married and they lived happily and the restaurant never made a dime, even though it was one of the best restaurants in New York and you couldn't get in. Because if she didn't like the way something was being cooked, she would throw it all out and then start over and make people wait even longer. And I, I would have loved to have gone to that restaurant. I love to be abused. I mean, for a good reason. I would wait, I would wait patiently. One time we were in a French restaurant and we waited and waited and waited for these pepper rolls to come out. When they came out, nothing, we couldn't eat anything till they came out. The waiter and the chef demanded that we do this in the order that it should be done. I mean, I was starving by the time these rolls came. Were they worth it? Yes. Was it the best thing to start the meal with? Yes. Do these people know better than I do always? So. I'm sorry, I never went to that restaurant. There's this guy named Harold Henry Ditz, Ditz and he is a famous, famous um, photographer. He took pictures of everyone, and he was the only guy that could say that he went to West Point and Woodstock all in the same year. He was madly in love with his wife, had just the best friends all over, started up in the 60s, he was in a band, but he got a camera and that was that. Oh, and he got kicked out of West Point because he was listening to Pete Seeger. Wow, that's, and the coolest thing is that he could get into West Point without having a congressman say he was a good fit because his father went to West Point and he died in the war. I didn't know that, that's, that's kind of great. So the average guy was one of the only average guys that went in and he was sorry he didn't last because they were saying you're not gonna last because you're just an average guy. So that was very sad. Okay, the other thing about him is, oh, this is what's kind of amazing. So, he became really great friends with, um, there was this Laurel Canyon and um, Ricky, Ozzie and Harriet's son, Ricky Nelson had a big home there. I mean, he actually played around with all the guys, like Crosby, Stills, Nash, everybody loved him. His house was really popular. He was always there. He said the smoking pot was it was what every single person did, and it was the, the way of trusting. It was like a secret handshake and a shortcut to trust. And the only two people he didn't do it with were Donny Osmond and Michael Jackson. But it, it brought him in, and he got to take pictures of people. 
casually. And he wrote, he's got this big book coming out and it's all about Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. But he just, in every conversation, he would open it up and just take pictures of people just talking and playing and coming up with stuff. And he said, what happened to Laurel Canyon was, he said that Manson, Charles Manson, was the turd in the punch bowl. He said, after those murders, no one ever picked up a hitchhiker. No one ever played at Laurel Canyon again. He said, all the mu music just died up. And he said, the worst thing about being a music photographer now is that you're only allowed to take pictures of the first three songs. And he said, you have to walk away and you miss all the great stuff that comes. So that's why there are no great pictures anymore. Or he said intimate shots of people really sweating or thinking or making mistakes or just living. So then here's another one. Okay, this is big. It's from the Wall Street Journal. Hunting in hot pink may be safer. So you know that hunters wear that orange color well, it's not working. People don't see it as well. They want all the hunters to turn in those orange camo outfits for hot pink and not camo, just hot pink. Because they say that that color is less visible to animals and it's much more visible to people. But a lot of guys are getting razzed for wearing pink and they're just, they'd rather be shot than listen to their friends anymore. But in, we, they're saying within 10 years, everyone's going to be wearing hot pink when they're hunting. I think it reminds me of Elmer Fudd and I love it. So then here's a big controversy and we are on the side of right and good because we are people that love the jellied cranberry, the ocean spray jellied cranberry sauce, the jiggly staple on the Thanksgiving table somehow this cylindrical blob of sweet glistening ruby tartness has become synonymous with Americans gluttonous day. I'm so happy to hear that because I thought everybody had given it up for the homemade cooked cranberries which just don't taste as good. There's okay but winning has an entire okay so it's entirely different. Now I feel great about this because ocean spray whose farmers are responsible for 65% of the world's cranberries. Ocean Spray is not a traditionally, it's not a publicly traded company. It's not a traditional private company. It's a cooperative founded nearly a century ago and owned by roughly 700 families. That is another reason to get jelly cranberry sauce. Give me a break. If everyone would just do that, what a beautiful thing to do. I mean, Martha Stewart, don't, you know, you can't have her over and have jellied cranberries, but I'm telling you, everybody does love them. So that's, and then there's this other thing. This is the last thing to be wary of before Thanksgiving. The weight loss drugs could mean scaled down Thanksgiving because of Ozempic and all those little drugs, people are getting so full that the turkey and the pie slices, every single thing, they're gonna eat so little of it. And so many people are on these drugs and they're not talking about it. 
but they're losing weight. So you might find that you have a lot of leftovers and don't push people. If they say they just want a sliver, they said it last year and they meant that they wanted half of the pie. Now when they say sliver, they mean it. And when they say dollop, they don't mean half of the whipped cream. They actually mean a dollop. So who knew? Good luck with Thanksgiving. I want you to feel better about the jellied cranberry sauce. Now that we know that it's a cooperative with 700 families and 65% of the cranberries, this is like huge. I feel so good about it. That Ocean Spray is a good company. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy four cans. So anyway, that's all I've got. And, but it was a good week. I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And I am going to have half the pie, lots of whipped cream, and lots of cranberry sauce. So I'm still gonna be a pig on Thanksgiving because it's patriotic. So I will be back and stay sane.